Hello and welcome. As part of the support package for the transition to personal tutoring at a distance, the Centre for Education Support and Innovation and academic colleagues from across the university are creating a number of resources, including a series of podcasts. In today's episode, I'm speaking to Mandy Tonks, who is a reader and senior personal tutor in the School of Medicine for the Medical Undergraduate Programme. Mandy has been an academic member of staff since 2003. Her specific roles have previously included departmental teaching lead, deputy director for the MRes Biomedical Research, and she's currently director for postgraduate research studies for the School of Medicine. Mandy is also a senior fellow at Advance HE. Welcome, Mandy. Hi, Sam. Thanks for inviting me. That's okay. So thank you for coming. So if we move to our first question, um, what has been your approach to providing personal tutoring at a distance? So to date, we've been sort of in the reaction rephrase, haven't we, to mm. ensure that we can support our students um, in response to the coronavirus pandemic. So uh, what my approach and what we've um, indicated to our colleagues is the most reasonable approach is to ensure that we stay in regular contact with our personal tutees, mm -hmm. um, offer appointments, offer to meet with them on Zoom, mm -hmm. um, keep in touch with them on email. And if a student reaches out and indicating that they're in distress, offer to have a phone call with them, which you can do through Skype for business, which is really helpful, mm -hmm. or you can do it on Zoom. So I've used whatever tools the students have felt most comfortable communicating with so far. And that's been our approach. Yeah, and it's really bringing that personal side to it, isn't it? Sort of that you're there if they're needed and that's what they need to know. So what would you say makes an effective remote tutoring environment? I think we've had the luxury this year of going to remote learning for our undergraduates from already having an established relationship with them. Mm. So that's, that's been very helpful because we've been in close contact on a regular basis, then, then you, you know them, mm -hmm. you understand what they need, how often they're likely to respond if you're contacting them. So it's not, it's not as if we're starting from scratch with the students that we currently have with us. Yeah. But moving forward, I think it's going to be really important that we establish a rapport with the stu new students who are joining us and also reconnect with the students that we've been tutoring currently to mm. ensure that as they're coming back into university and they're transitioning into this new blended state of learning, that they get the support that they need. Mm, absolutely. So have you already thought about plans for the incoming new students that are coming in in September? Are you able yeah. to give us a little sort of brief overview of what your thoughts are? Yeah, so within Medic, our students are allocated to an academic member of staff as a by year group. So mm -hmm. you take on a cohort of students within that year group and then you see that year group and get to know them. Um, you get to see their successes, you get mm -hmm. to find out what they enjoy, um, their interests, their hobbies, and you really get to know them and see them really sort of achieve as they're going through. And you can see them developing and working towards their own goals that they're really keen to, to achieve. Yeah, 
Yeah, okay, thank you. So in terms of being able to build a rapport uh, with students at a distance in an online environment, what, what's been your approach to trying to do that? So we, we always set up an undergraduate tutor meeting within the first week of, of um, the undergraduate medical programme. That's timetabled in. It's a group meeting so that the personal tutees get to meet with their tutor for the year. So that's an early first contact. It's usually uh, a meeting that discusses what people are looking forward to, what they're what challenges they think lie ahead, what they might be concerned about. And it's a really good way of getting to know the students. It makes the tutor visible. Uh, there's also discussion around what's the best way to get in contact with that tutor, what their potential office hours might be, and also to think about um, where they're located normally. <laughs> Under normal circumstances, it would be where is my office? My office yes. is here, but it would be yeah. now everyone's office is at home. Mm. It'll be around how we're going to transition and ensure that there are regular hours that people are available to meet. Yeah. yeah. And then we set up and allow the students to determine how regularly they want to meet if it's anything outside the sort of the, the recommended. Mm. Okay, so that leads nicely actually to the next question, which is about establishing boundaries and managing student expectations, I suppose, particularly for online tutoring, uh, but more generally as well. So um, what would your advice be around that aspect? Yeah, so it's, I think it's important that, you know, it's, it's different now because we're we're seeing people in our homes all the time, literally, aren't we? Yeah. There yeah. has to be, obviously there needs to be time given and put aside to support students. So it needs to be clear that there is time made for those students. But um, with regard to boundaries, I think, I don't think there should be, a, there's not one approach fits all. Some people would rather speak on the phone some people would rather video call others would rather just correspond by email i think it's about finding what works for each individual student mm. um if you what i would say though from a boundary point of view is always ask somebody would they be happy to zoom would they rather have a skype call you know don't make it mandatory for somebody to have their camera on yeah. you know i mean nobody wants to be on camera 24 hours a day <laughs> Absolutely. and ensuring that the individual has the the means to communicate with you mm. but in a way in which they're comfortable but also you can't be answering zoom calls or skype calls 24 hours a day these no. times need to be organized and there needs to be a realistic expectation around how quickly you're able to respond because you do have other things that, that you, other responsibilities and other students you're looking after but also that goes the other way so you can't mm. expect a student to respond immediately mm. if you've got a query or you want to follow up something with them yeah. so I think it's about respecting each other's boundaries and respecting each other's um, other commitments mm -hmm. and looking at a way of where you can mutually agree times to discuss what the students want to discuss yeah, so it's having that open, honest conversation to start with, isn't it? And 
as you said, being personal, but also allowing some choice. So we do have plenty of choice in terms of what we have available to provide personal tutoring. And it still can be quite personal, yeah. even though it's online. Uh, but you're quite right, there's some, there's some definitely some areas to think about uh, for people moving forwards. Yeah, I think Teams is a good tool because mm -hmm. students are able to call you through Teams. You're able to share information and um, yeah. if you've got good resources, you're able to share that with everybody within your cohort of personal tutees, which can mm -hmm. be quite helpful because quite often something that one individual will find helpful is also helpful for the rest of the cohort. But it's, yeah. it, it's, a, it, it's quite a good space um, to, to use for communicating with students and, and to leave things for them to be able to to read and and share yeah. and maybe have a chat function if you want to on there too. Yeah, are you using that already, Mandy? I'm using that. I've been using that for tutor tutor groups for um, topic specific, but I haven't been using it yet for personal tutoring. Mm, okay. It is something I'm looking at for for the coming yeah. year. That sounds like something worth exploring, just bearing in mind, obviously, sensitivity of information yeah. at the same time. But yeah, that, that's definitely worth having a look at. Um, so in terms of engaging students, we've talked about sort of boundaries and those sorts of things. But do you have any strategies for facilitating engagement of students with remote personal tutoring, particularly? I think the, the, the initial group tutoring session is a good it is a good way of connecting with students to let them know that what how you see the role and how how you are um, how you're there to support them mm -hmm. what you're able to do for them what the boundaries are mm -hmm. what um, support mechanisms you can help them access so I think that's a really good mechanism to have a group tutorial at the start mm -hmm. so that you can discuss the sort of common things that people might bring to you. It's, that breaks down a massive <laughs> a boundary to start with. Yeah. Where people think they can't come and talk to you about certain topics or certain things. If you talk about the sort of things that people generally come to you with and you can discuss what the challenges might be of the year ahead mm. and what support can be offered, you are opening that door for those students. So that's a connecting way in. Mm. Yeah. But it, it also means that they know who you are. You're not just um, you're not just a name on an email that comes mm. to the Sims. You're a person that they've met with in a group situation. And I tend to use those group situations in the same way that I would start a facilitation group. Mm. So I, I do some icebreakers to get to know to know the students, so they get to know each other, mm -hmm. so that we we start to. Uh, get to know each other and start to build that trust around what what we can talk about really. Yeah, so can I just ask ahead of that facilitation meeting, you would send out an email to the individual students and does that give them an idea of what to expect for that meeting? Yeah, I usually write to them and say, hello, my name's Mandy. I'm gonna be your personal tutor. When we meet this week, it'll be an introduction. We'll get to know each other. And we'll talk about some of the common things that you might experience over the first year of your program mm -hmm. and how we might be able to support you through that and beyond. Okay, that's, that's really useful to know. 
Um, mentioned a couple of times maybe about, you know, how do we manage conversations with personal duties? And, and I'm thinking particularly about keeping records. You know, are there any differences in keeping records of remote personal duty meetings than you would face-to-face -face meeting? Okay, so it's really important that personal duty meetings are recorded. And that's so that it's, it's very helpful. I record all of my meetings with a few notes in Sims. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that whatever you write in that recording of that meeting, those notes, reflects in a confidential way what's been said. Mm -hmm. I mean, quite often it's met today, um, student doing really interesting this or um, talked about intercalation, something along those lines. Mm. If it's something a bit more confidential, it's important that I always think it's important to talk to the student about, are they okay for me to make a note of that in my notes on Sims? Mm. And it's, it's quite often very helpful if the student's going through something that is that may develop to become an extenuating circumstance, that there is a point in time where it's documented that you were first aware of that issue occurring mm. so it can be helpful to have that record for the student if they need you to um, provide a letter of support or something later and also I've, i find those notes are really helpful for you to write a really nice reference at the end of the day so if you've got nice notes around you're aware that your students come and told you all about they've been on a choir tour in china or mm. they're playing hockey or they've been taking part in something that's going on in the Senate you've got those pointers and those really nice achievements that you can include in your reference at a later date but I think it's important that whatever's in those notes the student would be happy to read and yeah. that you don't break any confidentiality within those notes really absolutely so it's applying the same principles and of course when we're talking about sort of recording keeping notes we're not talking about recording the zoom session or the team session particularly as a video and audio we're just talking about having notes really of, of those um, meetings yeah yes so the, the final question relates to whether all personal tutoring has to be synchronous sort of real time or are there strategies to encourage students to undertake reflective activities asynchronously, which can then feed into a personal tutor meeting. Okay, so within Medic, just after Christmas, we carry out with our personal duties a sort of annual review where they only have four questions that they need to answer. It's on a Word document that's sent out to the students. And the idea is that they reflect on their successes for the year so mm -hmm. far, and they think about the achievements that they, that they are looking towards in the year ahead and then they also think about how they might reach those achievements so it's setting objectives and making an action plan mm -hmm. then that comes with the student to be discussed and the action plan is something that that we look through together and discuss how they might make that a reality but the idea is that it's the reflection of the student and their own actions that they're looking to take forward mm. I see. Okay, thank you. That's really interesting.